Tyra. I am doing fantastic. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm fantastic as well. Yeah. So the topic today is the Grey Rock Method. Ooh. You know about this one. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, uh, I did some research. <laughs> Way back when. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, when I first learned about the Grey Rock Method, I was a little bit like confused. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, how's this going to work? Yeah, because you don't fully understand them yet. No, you don't. In fact, if you are hearing this episode and you're wondering, well, what is that? You know, it's probably your first exposure to it. Nevertheless, it was kind of the same thing for me when I first heard about it. It was because over time, I was researching and looking for solutions to fix my relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling stressed out and feel like if I was a problem. Yep. And the more I listened to, you know, like I said, YouTube channels like Dr. Romini and Sarah, similar, you know, presenters, I, I realized that I was in an abusive relationship and that I was being manipulated and basically traumatized by the effects of said relationship. And after about three or four months, I stumbled across what they call this gray rock method. And I was like, okay, I can't see how that's going to work, but I'm going to try it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, back when you were doing all that research, like I said, I did some research back when I was with the first NARC. Mm -hmm. uh, I came across this article on Facebook, I think it was, um, Signs of a Narcissist, and I read it, and I'm like, huh. Well, he's got a lot of those things, and, and uh, but I couldn't fully accept that he was. Well, here's the thing, too, right? When you first discover that word narcissist mm -hmm. in the sense of your exposure to the experience of being abused, it doesn't make any sense because narcissists are usually that mastermind criminal on television or movie, you know, and it's that psychotic person that does the most crazy things. It's never that subtle, yeah. loving, kind, occasionally, yeah. person that you live with. You, you don't see them like that. Mm -hmm. You don't see them as threatening. You don't see them as a danger to you. Yeah. No, so you don't apply that word to them. Well, like you think mm -hmm. of a, a serial killer or something. Yes. Or... um uh, uh, psychopath or even things like you know like when you watch those shows where like you know somebody's a fan or something and they stop like those are the things that you kind of associate yeah you know with, with the idea yeah the extreme cases yes yeah and that's not what it is in real life i mean there are some of those of course yes. but it's not your everyday person yeah the everyday narcissist is charming kind thoughtful funny well sometimes mine wasn't really but charming well you say that no because you know better it was charming when you first met oh, charming yeah you said it? yeah yeah and, and then you kind of overlooked it and you know even if it doesn't last forever mm. when you first encounter them yeah they're the nicest people in the whole world yes and not only that they have enough people around them mm -hmm that say they are. I, yeah, I experienced that too. 
Like so, you know, they have their little flying monkeys as they're called. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently that's a scientific term. <laughs> you are in a great relationship because mm -hmm. yeah. So tell me, what was it like when you first discovered the gray rock method? Because for me, I didn't believe it. I didn't think it was something that could work. It just seemed a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Did it feel like that to you? Feel like it didn't feel crazy. Like, so you basically introduced me to it because you were doing more research at that time. Than yes. Because I didn't want to accept that I got into another narcissistic relationship. So it was a place to do that kind of research yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the second one was, was treating me like shit and saying stupid stuff all the time, like, we'd be talking about his ex-wife with a couple of friends and she was going after his money and and uh as a joke what he would claim but it was absolutely not uh so he he said um something to the effect that if we ever split up and you try to take my money I'll dig a hole and bury you in it oh yeah around other people and like it wasn't a joke. Like he he wasn't even smiling. But they they always find a way to turn around, saying, oh, "I was only joking." So watch out for that. Um, yeah, nobody else laughed, and he said this several times. Like it wasn't just once. Something that meant something to him, I guess. Mm -hmm. So little, well, little things. I say little things, but that was uh, becoming a big thing because. It had been repeated around people, never just the two of us. It was always around an audience. I like the fact that you said little things. I used to have that approach. I used to think of things as being little, and that's why I used to put them off. Yeah, that's that's why I wanted to correct myself. Like They seem like little things at the time, but those little things are not little things. Oh, they're huge. Mm -hmm. uh, again, life teaches us to be relative mm -hmm. yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. so you know if somebody pinches you you consider it a little annoyance mm -hmm. but if they slap you you consider that you know relatively you know in relation to the pinch yeah it's always you're always comparing it with something else exactly but if i were to say to you snake bite mosquito bite you would automatically think relatively well snakes are poisonous snakes are this they're probably bigger you know um give me the mosquito bite allergic to mosquitoes or mosquito has malaria uh, you see what i'm saying right um you might you might swell up a bit from the snake bite but you may not die to get you to the hospital in time blah 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 malaria is a little bit more difficult to treat exactly right it's a little thing and 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 therefore contacts right will always throw you off when you're being abused and and this is the strength actually of employing the gray rock method uh, and that's what I learned. So, you know, you're hearing gray rock, gray rock, gray rock. I'm going to repeat it many times. Gray rock. What does it really mean? What you're basically doing in a gray rock method is that you are removing the emotional supply 
that you're usually feeding your narcissist and you don't even know it. And the whole point of the gray rock method is almost like playing dead. You yeah. become, you know, simply uninterested and, you know, your narcissistic abuser becomes bored with you and they leave you alone. No. Is it that simple? No. <laughs> it is not. It is not. Why is it not that simple? Relationship matters. Mm. So, for example, if you're being abused, let's say, at work, you know, I had a very similar situation at a place that I work at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the place. And, and I was being abused constantly. There was this guy who would go around and make up stories about me, tell lies about me. We weren't friends. He doesn't know me. But every single time there was a problem and someone would treat me a certain way and I'd be totally confused and then they interact with me and they get to know how awesome I am. And then they're like confused about it and then they mention yeah. like, the same person telling the same lie, telling the same stories. Yeah, you've you flipped a few people that uh, that yeah. guy tried to Yeah. And and the thing about it is like once you understand the Grey Rock method. You can use it for people like this. And it's very effective. Yeah. Yeah. For work situations. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Because then you notice he stopped coming around. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't visit anymore. He had nothing else to say after a while because I never gave him any interest. I never gave him any power. Yeah. You get what I'm saying, right? Narcissists are emotional vampires. They need to suck on your responses. They need to feed on your mm -hmm. yeah. lot of information or to give up yeah. your power and, and to allow them to make you angry or make you upset. Yeah, and the people pleaser thing is a big part of that too. Exactly. So the beauty of learning the gray rock method and applying it to a workplace situation or any other kind of social setting mm -hmm. where you want to live with that person. Yeah, those are definitely a lot easier. It's much easier, it's more effective. You know, you're you're cordial, mm -hmm. you're respectful, but you're very neutral. Yeah, yeah, just emotionless. Exactly. Like, you give up nothing. It's a flat line. Yeah. It's like playing dead. Like I said, you know, there's that big bad bear, and he's rah, 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 and you're just there laying like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Nothing, and it works. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. But if you're living with the person. Yeah, that's where it gets dicey. It could be a little dicey, right? <laughs> so there's there's responses that will give you a little bit of a chill sometimes mm -hmm. when you're living with the person, when they're accustomed to being able to easily trigger you or to get you to behave a certain way. When you stop responding to their triggers, well, it could turn aggressive. Mm -hmm. It could get scary. Precisely. So you, you want to play this right. So most narcissists aren't actually, you know, very, um, they don't go to the physical means very easily. Because most often, if you're already being physically abused, you just need to get out anyway. But if you're just being emotionally abused, like we were. That doesn't leave marks. For anyone right. to see. It's exactly. There's no marks. It's not obvious. So even to you, that's why we didn't leave. Because mm -hmm. we didn't realize we were being abused. Mm -hmm. And that's how they got us. That seems so crazy when you say it out loud. 
you didn't know you were being abused. It sounds so weird. Like, how would you not know you're being abused? It happens so often. Yes. It's insane how common this is. Yes, and I've realized it. Um, Because the truth is, I learned I was being abused by just being able to relate to a person like yourself, for example, who was able to identify. Yeah. Yeah, the same with you. When triggers, and he's like, well, I noticed that you do this when this happens. Yeah, I would consider that maybe. Yeah. That seems manipulative, because I've been manipulated like that. So the fortunate thing was that our manipulations, even though similar in terms of effect, was, I guess, fortunate for us, because here I am being abused by a female. Mm-hmm. And there you are being abused by a male. Yeah. So it kind of made it easier for us to be able to interact and compare stories eventually. Because even then, we were... No, you didn't say anything about anything. Nothing. You know, but but you could tell from the effect. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, I I don't like how you look today. There is something wrong. You sure you okay? I wouldn't say a word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm good. good. That's exactly what I would say. Mm -hmm. And and then you go, well, you know... And then eventually, you know, I ask a question or two, like, well, why do you think this? Or what do you, and you're like, well, that sounds like the same thing would happen. Yeah, because I've been experiencing these things. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's easier to notice your experiences in somebody else's. Yes. Yeah, I remember the first time you had met this one, the last one, by the way. Not last night or whatever. And, uh, well, he'd asked me to get something from the store and I told him they didn't have it. And I had him on speaker. And <laughs> when we, when I got off the phone with him, you said something, you couldn't hold it back anymore. Oh, yeah. That's, and that was really funny because I remember that afternoon, I happened to be going to the same store. Yes. And yeah, you wanted, <laughs> you needed, um, a washer. Something, yes, 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 from my car. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was just really funny because I remember coming across the car park and I was like, oh, fancy seeing you here. I just saw you five minutes ago. We were joking about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, what do you need? I need this. What do you need? Yeah, and I thought I was being helpful. But, yeah, to hear that conversation, ooh, that was a real eye-opener because, yeah, I recognize that term. I recognize that condescending, insulting, humiliating tone where, like, if he wanted to get this very specific thing, well, what, he just going to get himself? No, he asks you to get it. You don't know what it is. And he's telling you exactly what to do. But at the same time, it's also coming over in a way of, like, you idiot. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you can't get this. What's wrong with you? Yeah, and I did not even recognize that at that time. Well, not even that, but the person that I'm accustomed working with at the time, mm. I didn't recognize her because your responses were childlike and muted and soft. And it's like um, when I talk to you, you're a lot more snappy and quicker and retorts the flying. You know, you, you can manage yourself. But here I was watching you power and just try to please that person so much. And I was... You saw me change. Yes. You witnessed the effect 
that his tone and yep. words had on me and how I reacted to it. Yes. When when you first called, when you got there, you said, hey, I'm in the aisle you told me and I don't see this thing. You were confident. Yeah, they didn't have it. And the moment he switched to the tone where he started to talk down to you, like um, an abusive parent talking to a little child, mm -hmm. what do you mean it's not there? It should be on the shelf at the bottom. Did you look at the bottom? Their head and... and that's exactly what you did. And you went back and you got help. And remember, I stopped talking to the store associate, and they were like, sorry, but we don't really. And, and he's just doing it. I'm online right now, and it says that they have some. And yeah, the emotions. And I'm just there standing, I'm observing this thing, and I'm like, oh my gosh. See, this was normal to me. I was used to being talked to like this. So I didn't think anything of it because it was my normal. Which was so surprising to me because I always envisioned that you had this wonderful, <laughs> loving relationship based on your stories that you told. Yep. Based on my, uh, wow, what's that word? You had imagination. Yeah, maybe use imagination. Mm -hmm. Like the imaginary relationship I thought I had. <laughs> That's what I was projecting to other people is this this idea in my mind of the kind of relationship that I had that wasn't real. So that's the beauty of the gray rock method. See, when you start to apply the gray rock method, people kind of sell it to you as, yeah, you need to do this to get rid of your narcissist. Uh, mm. Yeah, you will. But you don't get rid of a narcissist that way. It's, it's a step, not. like there's steps to this. It's yeah. not just one thing and then they're gone. Like, well, not only that, but like, you're not getting rid of a person that you're going to kill them or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a person that you genuinely love. And that's a person who has mental health issues. All right. So they're still human. You know, there's they're still just like us, kind of. It's just that. Our mental health issue resulted in a codependent behavior. Yeah. And their mental health issue resulted in a narcissistic yeah. behavior. It's like the two ends of the, yeah. the spectrum. You could either... You go either way, right? Yeah. But you we both exposed to some sort of trauma-inducing effect. Yeah. And, you know, some people come out one way, some come out another. Yep, that's how it happens. That's just how it happens, right? So it's not about getting rid of a person. But it's about bringing self-healing and self-care mm -hmm. to you. Protecting yourself. You're protecting yourself. So the Great Rock Method is really like a cold turkey method that mm -hmm. helps you get off of your codependent addiction. Okay. It forces you to really listen to mm -hmm. what that person is saying to you. And no response from you or very little response. Mm -hmm. And what does that do? It leaves you with more listening. And then you begin to realize, I don't think I really like how you talk to me. I'm now seeing it more. So I was, like I said, I was used to being talked to like that. Mm -hmm. So it was my normal. So I wouldn't, like with the first one, he would yell at me, call me names, all kinds of shit. And at some point, my brain just, like when he raised his voice, it just, it shut everything off. Like I couldn't hear what he was saying. Mm -hmm. And so that carried on until the, the next one. So when he would do that, he would go off on me. 
my brain would just shut it off and I wouldn't hear what he was saying. But when the first time I used the gray rock method, the things he was saying, I realized it made no sense. Like it was nothing. Yes. It's, and it makes it, it makes it sound like it's something when they've got that tone, but it's, it's really absolutely nothing. Yeah, because they, they don't have anything on you. No, they, that's all they have. They have that, their, their tone and their anger, or as my, the last one, frustration. <laughs> I'm not angry, I'm just frustrated. Yeah, but it's all directed at you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and the intent is to get a response out of you. Because mm-hmm. the way how functional people operate is if you're feeling frustrated, you deal with your frustration. You don't you don't pass it off to somebody else and have them fix it for you. Or you have like a a, a mature adult conversation, hey, like this thing, you know, is kind of annoying that you know, let's talk about, well, I don't know. Well, no, I don't disagree with you in that sense, but let's, let's be very specific about it. So if, if you're in a relationship, all right, and a person does something to you that you don't like, why does it have to reach the place of frustration mm-hmm. in order for you to deal with it? Because you're dealing with it emotionally, unintelligent. That's what I'm saying. So my, my point is the moment that a person does something that you don't like, if you're in a great relationship, you can say something about it. Hey, I don't really like that. Like, um, you know, here's a good one for you. You don't like beer. So if a person makes you a beer or buys you a beer, what do you say? Uh, Thanks, but I don't like beer. And, and in a functional relationship, that person says, sorry, I didn't know. I wouldn't get you a beer anymore. Right, and it, that's the end of it. So you don't ever have to be frustrated. Functional relationships are not frustrating. Yeah, that's what I've come to realize. <laughs> right, but everyone else says that. Well, this is just how relationships are. You should expect these things. Uh, no, you shouldn't. You you really shouldn't. And I I know everybody's going to say, oh, you know, get your head out the clouds and whatever. Tyron, you're an idiot. Of course, this is what relationships are. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're only like that if you decide to participate. Absolutely. When you start to demand that your relationship that you want to be in will not meet those low-level standards, mm-hmm. you will find relationships that you can actually exist in where people never treat you like crap. Important thing. You can find a relationship where you can actually grow while being in a relationship. I didn't think that was a thing before. I didn't think it was a thing. You couldn't grow. You didn't think you could Not in my, no, because my my whole adult life, I was with a narcissist and they don't grow, they don't change. So I didn't think it was a thing. Like, oh, okay. This is 20 years now. I guess this is how men are. I guess this is just how it is. So basically then your your good old relationship plan was at the time. You just find ways to cope. Mm-hmm. All right. Gets kind of thing. Yeah. So if he comes home and he's angry, you know, you better know what to do to calm him down. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. You gotta have the right explanation. And... And, and then he makes up for it by bringing you flowers. 
You, you know what I'm saying? It's like this is just a typical bullshit relationship that everyone says this is how it is and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And then when you try to explain them, well, actually, I would like a relationship that's functional where I don't have to do any of that stuff. And what do they say? Well, I'm boring. Some people just like drama, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. not for me. You want a simple, easy, just, yeah, no drama. I'm done with the drama. I've had enough of drama. I just want, I want to, if, if that's boring, I want a boring life. I want a boring relationship. That's what these people, these drama-loving people think it is. Precisely. And here's the thing. We hold on because we don't want to let go of, you know, the group. Mm-hmm. Not just the narcissists, but everything that comes with it. Yeah. Because we think, well, you know, you're just all around us anyway. We can just try to make this better. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. When you learn to gray rock, when you really learn to gray rock, you cannot unsee. Mm-hmm. You cannot unhear anything that you've experienced. Everything is so much clearer. Yes, and it's great for you. Mm-hmm. Building the courage to do it, though, that's another thing. Yes. So the first time I did it with the second one, mm-hmm. well, I I didn't even know about it with the first, so that's a write-off. But the second one, the first time I did it, we were on a road trip. And like I said, I didn't like how he'd been treating me and making all these what he called jokes that, you know, put me down, humiliated me. I wanted to have a good talk about it because in the beginning, he always said, if there's anything that I do or say that you don't like, please, please, let's talk about it. I want you to come come to me and we can talk about it. His words. But then when I went to talk about it, uh, he got all angry, started yelling and... and so uh, yeah, in a vehicle. And someone is yelling at you. Or he's driving. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I was advised to do it outside of the home, outside of the comfort zone mm-hmm. of this person. Yeah, you're trapped in a vehicle, so they can't go anywhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They can't, yeah, they can't walk away. They can't leave, whatever. So, he started getting angry, and of course, they expect you to match their emotions, right? Yeah. And I just stayed, I mean, I was calm on the outside. I was freaking out on the inside. <laughs> like building up the courage to have this conversation was really, really difficult. I was agonizing over it for like half an hour at least, maybe even longer, trying to build up the courage. So I was terrified because I knew his reaction would be anger because yeah. I was used to that. So... When I didn't match his emotions, at first he got even more angry. And then he realized I wasn't matching his emotions. And then he came back down because another thing about the gray rock is when they can hear themselves, because when you match their emotions, you you have that back and forth thing going on, right? But when you use the gray rock method and it's just them yelling and screaming, they can actually hear themselves then. And then they realize, why am I yelling and screaming? They're not, they're not yelling and screaming, so they can hear themselves better. So that's what happened. And then he came down. He started calming down. 
when he realized I wasn't matching his his stupid nothing so emotions. Here's the thing. So the anger and Shelton stops, and then it goes to another method because that mm -hmm. anger and Shelton didn't work. Okay, right. So what did he do next? Because at their only objective, mm -hmm. unfortunately, is to get you to see things the way how they see it and to continue to see the life the way how they want you to see it so you could just continue to operate in that codependent way that they have grown accustomed to but that's the comfort level for them that's their comfort zone so going quieter but then they go to what the voice of reason i do i remember just now what happened after the anger then it started like um I think he started getting emotional. But he was already being emotional. Well, I mean, like, like, it went from anger to more sadness. Like, more, his energy came down, and he, he was trying to portray that, you know, that weaker type energy. Yeah, and he's, like, he made it seem like he's trying to be so reasonable, and I, I love you, and, you know, all that crap that I used to fall for before. Because now you're able to see it more clearly. It's the same effect. I'm shouting at you. I want to control you. I'm angry, angry, angry. Oh no, it's not working. I'm so sad. How could you think this of me? Why would you say that about me? Can't you see how much I love you? That's what Grey Rock goes through. It opens your eyes to everything that they're going to try to work you over. Yeah, that's amazing. And once you, once you notice their their cycles, the stages that they go through, that's all they've got, and they just keep repeating. Yes, it's not necessarily in order, but the stages are all the same. Yeah, the relationship has never really been going anywhere at any point in time ever. No. And as long as they can keep that possession in place and keep everything to be how they like it, as far as everyone is concerned, you're having. Great relationship. As long as they can keep you compliant. And the problem with that is you're not having a good relationship and you know it. Mm -hmm. yeah, it hurts. You lie to yourself about it all the time. And then, yeah. So? Stress. <laughs> relieve yourself of some stress. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. That's what we did. Do your gray rock method research. Go up there and give it a shot. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening to the Tiffany and Tyron podcast.